So, how was your week, Callie? <sighs> Crazy. I would mainly because it's the final stretch. The final countdown. It's the final countdown to spring semester being over. It's a little crazy. Everything has to be turned in. Final exams are coming up, which I'm so ready for, so that I can just be done for a couple months. And um, I presented my projects. So, yeah, I think that's all I have. Just ready for college to be over for a couple months. I understand. It's no fun being in college. Um, I had an interesting week. Um, I, so we had birthday party last weekend. Um, mm-hmm. on my actual birthday, which was Sunday, I was sick with allergies. They got worse. Um, and we ended up canceling dinner reservations. My parents and I did. Cause I really like, I wouldn't have made it and it just wasn't, I was sick. So I stayed on the couch and watched uh, Willow on Disney Plus. My gosh, it was good. And apparently they're not getting renewed for season two, but it's not canceled. They said it's just like not in the works. They've released the main cast to do other projects and it's not canceled. They're just not doing it right now. Yeah. So kind of like on hiatus. Yes. So I'm holding out hope. Um, and so I worked from home Monday, like I always do. And then I worked from home Tuesday, which I don't normally do, but I was a little under the weather and I had a doctor's appointment. Um, and I got my hair fixed this week, not fixed, but done. I got my low lights put in and it balayage. It looks so good. And then Thursday, I went and got my nails done for Taylor Swift, and they look so good. Um, shout out to the Nail Empire in Sweetwater, Tennessee. Shout out to Mariah um, and Carly. You know, she provides a good conversation, so shout out to her as well. Um, also, um, you did get some exciting news this week. Yes. Oh my gosh. You guys. I posted to my Instagram about this. I apologize for the person I'm about to become this year. Hallie FaceTimes me. When was this? Was this? It was Thursday. Thursday night. Hallie FaceTimes me and says, did you see it? Or no, she tried to FaceTime me and then all I got was a message that said Carmen in all caps. So I called her back and she just says, did you see it? And I was like, what? And it was the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes trailer. And so Hallie stayed on FaceTime with me as she watched me watch it for the first time. And my, Hallie has a screenshot of me, which is just like my jaw dropped the entire time. Multiple gasping moments. I'm just so ready to re-enter this fandom. I'm literally so pumped. Y'all have no idea. I made, I've said this several times, those books were my entire personality. Yes, I will be wearing my hair in a side ponytail braid when I go to see this movie. I know that nobody in this movie does that, but I will be doing it. Um, I might have to find me an outfit like Lucy's. It'll have to be very colorful. Um, But even like the snippet and you hear like President Snow's voice from the Hunger Games films at the end of the trailer. Oh my gosh. Like that was crazy. I've like honestly... There's, if you've read the series and you read the prequel, there's a lot of tie-ins and you really see why he hates Katniss like he does. But even just putting that little bit in the trailer 
tells a lot and makes a very strong parallel. Um, but I'm literally so excited and I, y'all, I can't wait. Like, I'm really sorry for the person I'm going to become this year. It was funny though, because when the trailer came on and I was watching it with her, um, the guy who's playing young President Snow, she went, oh, oh, no, no, no. We were watching it and I went, oh, and then I went, no. No, I refuse to be attracted to President Snow. I refuse to be attracted to President Snow. Why did they have to choose an attractive actor? I'm upset. (laughs) Why? He's the worst. Even, like, the White Rose, I really, like, threw up in my mouth a little bit at that White Rose. Like, get that that out of here. (laughs) We're not doing this. No. I think his name is, like, Coriolanus. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. Get it out. I'm so excited, but I'm literally going to be so fired up this whole movie because I'm just going to be, like, angry at him the whole movie, even though he's not a bad guy in the book. He is towards the end. It really shows why he becomes the way he is. But in the beginning of it, he's, like, decent. And so you're just like, I hate that you're being nice. (laughs) Stop it. Um, But, yeah, I... So... Nobody in our friend group except for Sydney knows what I'm like in those movies because she went to me, she went with me to those movies when they first came out. So I'm just really sorry for the person I'm going to become. There are no words. And if she comes out with something about Peter and Katniss's kids and Josh Hutcherson and Jennifer Lawrence are back in the movies for it, I'm really sorry for the person I'm going to become because I will re-enter my Josh Hutcherson era. And my Peter Malark era. I have never really ever, left. I was going to say, have you ever really left that era? I no. never really left. But, so this might surprise a lot of people who know me, but I said this to Christy today, if I had to take a Desert Island book, or if I could only read one book series for the rest of my life, watch one movie series for the rest of my life, I would 100% willingly give up Harry Potter for The Hunger Games. Because that was my freaking personality i oh i still claim katniss as my favorite fictional character nobody beats it guys i'm sorry for that whole rant that you just had see this is what i'm saying this is who i'm gonna become anytime we talk about it so we'll see what happens but i'm gonna be a wreck also i spent a lot of this week watching smitty videos so hallie and i are not video gameers. we're not gamers we don't play video games Um, We play Mario Kart and Mario Party, and that's about it. (laughs) I have a Switch. I play Disney Dreamlight Valley. I play a little bit of Zelda, but not much. Like, don't even be impressed by my Zelda, because I really think I might be on, like, level two. Um, I'm planning to get Hogwarts Legacy. Like, that's the extent of my gaming ability. Let's just put it that way. I play Animal Crossing. Um, And I have never watched videos of people playing video games. I have. But... I, this guy popped up on my TikTok, and now I'm subscribed to his YouTube channel and all of his friends' YouTube channels, and whenever he puts out a video, if he's playing with them, I usually look up their video corresponding to it and, like, watch theirs, too. So, like, he's been playing a Minecraft series with his friends. I'll watch his video, and then I'll watch Puffer's video, and then I'll watch Grizzy's video. I need to look and see if Matt has those videos, too. But, so it's Smitty, S-M-I-I-7-Y, on YouTube. He's hilarious. I love watching whenever he plays with Puffer and Pezzy and 
yummy and soup and grizzy and matte. It's so much fun. And I've gotten Hallie into him recently. And so now we just talk about his videos all the time. And we usually, like last night, I was literally getting out of the car and I just yelled, Smitty! And she yelled, Puffer! Because that's pretty much the gist of their videos together is just them yelling at each other. Um, but yeah, I don't watch people play video games, but I'm like entranced by their videos because they're so funny. Um, so yeah, check him out if you guys like to watch video gamers play video games. See? I don't even know the lingo. <laughs> this is sad. Um, anything else on your catch-up, Hallie? Well... After my rant for the past ten minutes? Well, um, on the day that we're recording this, we actually went to the Barnes & Noble store, because I had a $50 gift card, and we have a book haul! Well, Carmen has a whole haul. Yes. I just have a couple. We have a book haul, but, um... You have a book splurge. Yes. But we will get into that in a minute. So, here we go with today's episode. Mm-hmm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Family Fiction with Hallie and Carmen. Oh, we went back to, to the normal. original. <laughs> if you listened to last week, Hallie decided to play Switch Up and just really surprise everyone, including me. Um, not really sure where that came from. I think she had a full-on moment and forgot how we do our introductions. Listen, a lot went on that week. <laughs> that was a lot. There was a lot going on. Um, but yeah, so if you guys can't tell that we're going to be talking about our April wrap-up, so all the books we read in April. Um, but yeah, like we said in the beginning, um, we're going to give our book calls. So Hallie bought six books. And three of them, y'all, I've never, like, she's never made me happier. I've never been more excited to watch her purchase a series in my entire life. Um, I literally could have cried in the bookstore watching her pick it up based off of what I talked about in my catch-up. Um, yeah, we're going to give you guys kind of a lowdown of what we got at the bookstore today. I mean, we're back to, like, switching things up. We technically still switch something up because we're recording in a different spot. <laughs> yes. So, if you've been listening for a while... Then you know that we have switched. I don't know how we've, many times. We've changed locations a lot. Like, we've changed up how we're recording the podcast, where we're recording the podcast, what equipment we're using. It's been wild. Um, but we're recording at Hallie's house today because I was coming up here anyways, and I'm leaving her the mic for next week because she's going to do a solo episode next week since I'll be gone to Nashville all weekend. Um, so it was just easier to record up here. So that's where we're at. Um, Back to book haul. (laughs) Yes. Would you like to give yours? So, um, as she said, I bought six books, and the first three books that I bought are a part of a trilogy, and I bought the Hunger Games series by Suzanne Collins. I've never been more excited. Because here's the thing. I read the Hunger Games, the first one, a couple of years back in, like, I think sixth grade ballpark here um and I had my own copy and I don't know where it went I think I accidentally sold it to McKay's <laughs> but and then I started catching fire because I borrowed it in the library and for some reason didn't finish it don't ask me why because I don't know of course back then I I would read like 
five books at a time. Don't know how I did it. Um, Me either. But yeah, so I bought The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, and Mockingjay. I am so excited because I've seen all the movies, I think, and I want to read the books. And so now I'm like this. And since Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is coming out, why not get back into it? Oh, I'm so excited. They, did. I was literally chatting with a friend today about that trailer, and I agree wholeheartedly with what she said. It was Liz. If you guys remember the episode we did with Liz, she said that she doesn't think they could have made a more perfect trailer for it, and they really couldn't have. If you've read the book, you see all the little Easter eggs, but if you haven't, it doesn't spoil anything. Like, it's perfect. And just a quick add, um, I saw the trailer on TikTok, and someone put in the comments, they said, this is how you revive a fandom. Literally. Not a, not a reboot. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we talked about this. I said this. So, it's been trending lately on Book Talk that a lot of people have been saying, like, there is, it's been trending, like, for about a year or two now. A lot of people talking about how books and movies have not been as good as the era when we were, like, everyone was writing dystopian. We had Divergent. We had Maze Runner. Hunger Games, uh, The Mortal Instruments. We had... Mm, I was about to say Percy Jackson, but no. But we had some great dystopian things happening, and you had book-to-movie adaptations that were being done very well. Um, Let's ignore the second two movies in um, Divergent. Um, But the first one did great. Like, it was so good. And then The Hunger Games is the best book-to-movie adaptation I have ever seen. I feel like with The Hunger Games... It was so close to the book. Yeah, there were some tiny things that were I mean, missed. Obviously, it, the way that she got the pin is very different. But, but it's still pretty freaking close. Yes, very close. And the casting, spot on perfect. I have no complaints. Um, and so people have been talking about how that was the peak of book to movie adaptations and just movies in general. Maze Runner was pretty close, too. Yes, all of them were really close. The Mortal Instruments. I think we won't talk about it. Yeah, I think. But, de- I think the. I think Death Cure was a little different. I don't know. I didn't read the rest of those. Series. Oh, I did. Death Cure, I think, was a little different, if I can remember correctly. But everyone's been talking about how that was the peak of cinema and book to movie adaptations. Oh yeah, one hundred. Well, so I guess people took that and ran with it and was like, okay, great, we're just gonna remake everything, because they're remaking Harry Potter and now they're remaking Twilight. No. They- but that's not what we meant. We just mean make better movies, make better book-to-movie adaptations. So The Hunger Games is the only one doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. Incredibly so. Just, that doesn't mean remake stuff. And just to give a brief moment on the Harry Potter TV show. <clears throat> I That should get its whole episode. I'm not a fan. No. Um, I'm, people I have told that are very surprised about that. But I grew up with the original cast. I completely understand and will agree that those movies don't match the books like they should have. I agree. Prisoner of Azkaban was completely different. They could have done better. But I grew up with that cast. Nobody else, nobody else can play any of those characters. And to me, I feel like it disgraces people a little bit. Just like, you know, Alan Rickman, he's passed. Robbie Coltrane has passed. Mm -hmm. That's your Severus Snape and your Rubius Hagrid. Mm-hmm. Like, I accept nobody else. Even just the core trio. Like, Daniel, Emma, and Rupert are my Harry, Hermione, and Ron. 
Yeah. I accept nobody else. And I also feel like it disgraces, like, people like Ivana Lynch, who playing Luna literally saved her life. It almost feels like you're taking that away from her. And then in response to that, people have said, well, maybe it can save somebody else's life. And that's great. I don't disagree with that. But I just feel like you're taking it away from people a little bit, especially people like Tom, too, who really enjoyed being a part of those movies. Oh, yeah. And you're taking it away from them. You know what I really find most annoying about it? What? Is that I I did have a thought, well, if they do open casting calls, maybe I can sign up. But I can't even do that because I'm too old to play one of the children and I'm too young to play one of the adults. Ah! It's annoying. It honestly just feels like a money grab to me. It is. Well, and you have a huge universe in the Wizarding World. And we've stayed in this little tiny corner. Because we created Fantastic Beasts. The first movie branched out from that corner. And then the second and third movie brought it right back home to Harry Potter. Like, there's so much more to the Harry Potter universe. You could explore maybe... The Bobatons. You've got Durmstrang. You've got Ilvermorny. Literally make it about any of the other schools. Honestly, at this point, I'm tempted to make my own story about Ilvermorny. Because I'm so sick of not having anything. I would love it. I would love Bobatons, Bobatons, however you say it. I would love more about that school the french school oh i I could just imagine it it. well because the movies also didn't show you the movies make it look like it's all girls it's not all girls it's co-ed but i'm like so interested to learn more about that school and like you could do so many other things well and even if you want to stick to the harry potter universe okay fine make it about the marauders make it about the founders of hogwarts make it about the Shoot, there's a person on TikTok making a House of Black series. Literally, that's the Marauders era. Yeah, no. Make the Marauders era or make it the founders of Hogwarts. Do not remake Harry Potter. We have that. It's still new. I understand it was 20 years ago, but it's still fresh. People haven't gotten over it. No. (laughs) It's not like it's old. Honestly, we should maybe just do a whole Harry Potter episode at this point. To everyone listening for my rant. That's just... I'm, my blood boils just thinking about it. We need to do it. Will I watch it? Yes. (laughs) But will I be happy about it? No. No. Because, okay, great. It's going to match the books. That's awesome. I love it. But I'm going to be sitting there the whole time going, you know, he's not Daniel. She's not Emma. You know what I honestly think? I think what HBO Max did, they're like, oh, Percy Jackson's getting a reboot. But they're they're doing it to fix stuff. They yeah, couldn't even make all the movies. Yeah, I know. The Those movies, trash. <laughs> it's not... See, that's the thing, too. Yes, Harry Potter didn't match the books perfectly, but they finished out the series, and it yeah. made tons of money. Percy Jackson see, made two movies. You've got a whole theme park based around those movies in the original cast. What are you gonna do now? I know. That's kind of like... It's just so confusing. It's kind of like the whole Disney situation, but I'm not gonna get into that. That... <laughs> It's just so confusing because, like, you've got the original cast still out here. Like, are you going to replace all of them in, like, merch and stuff? Like, I'm confused. It's not going to work. And I'm actually pretty shocked that there are more people that are agreeing to this. Because I've seen a bunch of people who are looking forward to this. And I've also seen some people being like, I don't want this. I'm going to tell you one thing. Hmm. I refuse to accept anybody else's Lucius Malfoy other than Jason Isaacs. Oh that is gosh. the best performance of the whole dang series is him as Lucius. He's awesome. Well, they're Stark kid. 
But he plays the role so well of like menacing, but like a big freaking chicken. <laughs> like father, like son. <laughs> Likes to talk the trash, but can't walk the walk. Like, anyways. Honestly. I can't. Honestly, Star Kid, a very Potter musical, is the only reboot I will exactly. ever accept. Exactly. Well, then I chimed in and we were talking about it in a muggle net group chat and i literally said if lauren lopez isn't playing draco in the reboot i don't want it <laughs> if he's not rolling on the floor constantly i don't want it if hermione can't draw i don't want it if ron isn't carrying around red vines i don't want red vines also if he isn't wearing the headband the sweatband and if the seinfeld theme song doesn't play every time he enters a room <laughs> i didn't it. I was watching that. This if Dumble, no, if Umbridge isn't actually a man. a man, if Lucius Malfoy is not twirling across yes. the stage, I don't want it. If Dumbledore isn't in slides, I don't want it. <laughs> oh, what a time! What a time! What a time! Um. Anyways, so Hallie got the Hunger Games today. <laughs> Sorry for the tangent. This, it really could do a whole episode in itself. We need to get Liz back on for it. Oh, yeah. I, I would get Ethan. <laughs> Ethan. Actually, I would like to talk to Ethan about it. I think Ethan would have a good viewpoint. Yeah. Okay. But I can see Ethan being very pro TV show. We'll have to ask him. I will I'm sure I'll get a text when he listens to this, but I could see him being pro TV show. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Let us know, Ethan. Anyways. Moving on, um, the next three books that I got is I actually got the Summer I Turned Pretty box set, which contains The Summer I Turned Pretty, It's Not Summer Without You, and We'll Always Have Summer. Now. By Jenny Han. Yes, thank you. Um, I normally don't read books like this. but the, I don't either, but the show's just... But I really want to watch the show, and so... I'm that type of person who likes to read the books before I watch the shows. I don't, Carmen's already told me they're different, but I don't care. Um, so, but yeah, I've kind of wanted to read this ever since I knew it got popular and gained traction because of the show, and Carmen's read them. I think you've read the first two. Yes. I need to read the third one before the new season comes out, because I want to have them all under my belt. Yeah, it's good, but I'm really, really excited to read this. Also, the covers are really pretty. But see, I think you'll agree, the books are good and the show's good. And so you kind of almost put them on their own planes. Yes, you can have... Shine on bone. <laughs> Literally. You oh can, my gosh, yes. You can have a book series be good and have an adaptation that's totally different, but if it's done well, it can also be good. Well, and I have seen a lot of people that think that the show's better than the books. So far, I agree. But There's I certain- did watch the show before I read the books, so I could be biased. I read the books before I watched the show, and I still loved the show. Even Are we talking about Shadow on Bone? Yes. I'm talking about It's Not Summer Without You. Oh, okay. Or The Summer I Turned Pretty. Yeah. Um, people have said that they think that the show is better than the books. But I read, the, or I watched the first season before I read the books, so I could be biased. But I do agree with that. Yeah. It just but depends. I think they're two, I think of them as two different things. But it's the same with Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows, too. Like, I think of them as two different things. Yes, I loved the books. Did the books slack in areas where the TV show has made up for it? Oh, yeah. The Crooked Kingdom storyline this season? So much better than it was in the book. Um, but I kind of do view them as two different things. Now, I will say, I definitely think I like the show better than the books. Mm-hmm. And if you want to hear a full thing on that, 
We do have a Shadow and Bone video. Yes, we have an episode. Well, I would um, video. I don't <laughs> Either way. Um, <laughs> we do have a full Shadow and Bone discussion of the book series, both Six of Crows and Shadow and Bone, um, both series sets, and seasons one and two of the show. So go listen to that if you're interested. Yep. All right. What did you get? Oh, my. Listen, I also upgraded to the premium membership today. I have a regular membership. Now I'm going to be premium. Because yep. why not? Um, okay. So, on my April wrap-up is The Cruel Prince. So, I got The Wicked King and The Queen of Nothing by Holly Black, which is the two books in the... Tr- the trilogy. The, the next two books in the trilogy. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it. They are the next two books in that trilogy, so I plan to read those very, very soon because The Cruel Prince was so good. Uh, where do I put this? Too many books. Just stack them. Um. Can't sleep. Hello? Busy. Hi. I also finally cracked and got the Lord of the Rings yes. trilogy as well as The Hobbit yes. by J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien. Sorry. Um, so I've been wanting to read the series for a very long time and just ha- have never been able to like talk myself into actually buying it. And so I bought it today. Good. <laughs> so, yes. Even though I've never read it. I was really annoyed though because the, the version of The Hobbit I got, um, I wanted to get the, uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy that matched it. But the last book, The Return of the King, did not match the rest of the books, and that was incredibly annoying. So I got a trilogy set, and then I got the other version of The Hobbit, which they go together pretty well. Um, But I'm excited. Honestly, Willow gave me very much Lord of the Rings vibes, and so that's kind of what made me really crack down to, like, want to read this series. We should read them together. Yes. Because I And I do plan to read the spinoffs because... I have a coworker that's been telling me like, once you read them, you have to read the spinoffs because they're so good. So, which is like the Simo- Silmarillion. Silmarillion, and I have that. I have a really cool copy of the Silmarillion. He loves the other books too, so I'll be reading those as well, eventually. Um, good heavens! I bought too much today. Carmen, there's never there's no that there's no such thing as too many books. Do you not remember my sweatshirt? Literally. Oh, I didn't know you got that. I also got Guild by Raven Kennedy. Um, I got it in the white cover with the gold writing because I know there's some other covers floating around out there. Um, very excited. I have literally seen the most about this on TikTok. Um, and then I am a big fan. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I am a huge fan of the TV show The Bold Type. And oh my gosh guild without the cover on without the slip cover is gorgeous and i don't know if we've talked about that it we will make an episode about things we love about books and that will be in mine when it looks good without the slip cover oh yeah oh speaking of the serpent of the wings and night or did i say it right the serpent and the wings of night yes i think i'm starting it and i took off the slip cover last night and it's so cool without the slipcover. The second book came out, I think. It's so cool without the slipcover. Um, anyways, I'm a huge fan of uh, The Bold Type. And I had heard that if you like The Bold Type, you would like, most likely, by Sarah Watson. 
Oh! Creator. <laughs> it literally says creator of the bold type on it. My mind is blown. Okay. Yes, I am very excited to read this because, listen, the bold type holds a special place in my heart. I've rewatched it three times since it went off, and every single time, including the first time, I sob like a little baby at the finale because that show meant a lot to me. Just, like, the things that they went through and, like, Jane specifically is my favorite character. I related to her so much and just, like, it got me through some stuff. I'll say that. And so I'm very excited to read this. Also, it has a quote on the top. Lauren Graham, who played Laura Lai Gilmore, um, has a quote on the front of the book. Hmm. I'm very excited about this. I didn't know it was the creator of the book. I'm even more excited about it now. That just changed the game, ladies and gentlemen. Um, then I got Chaos and Flame by Tessa Grattan and Justina Ireland. I love her name, Justina Ireland. That's cool. Um, the tagline on the front says, They were sworn enemies. Fate had other plans. Which really gives me a Forbidden Fate vibes. Um... But I've seen some stuff about this before. It looked familiar. Um, and the back, or the description on it sounds very good. Um, okay, and the last book that I got today was Sl- blah, blah, blah. Silver in the Bone by Alexandra Bracken. Um, what did I read by her? I the know Darkest I read, Minds? No, I read something else by her. Maybe she read, wrote Passenger. Yeah, she did. Okay. I think so. Um, the tagline says, break the curse before it breaks you. It looks very good. The front cover, though, almost looks like a James Patterson book. It does. It very has, it has, it like, the font and everything. Um, but it looks really good, and I've been really into, like, fantasy and, like, Game of Thrones vibes things lately. So, the fact that there's, like, a literal sword on the front cover, I'm lit. I'm very excited. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to get more into that, like, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Willow, like, those vibes lately. So I'm... You'll love... (laughs) Very excited. So yes, that is all the books I got today. Yes, I spent a lot of money. You also got a Totoro plushie. Oh, I did get a Totoro plushie from my neighbor Totoro. He's gonna go next to No Face on my bookshelf. (laughs) Speaking of, I'm looking at the pictures Allie has hanging above her desk. Um... Okay, now that we're halfway through the podcast, <laughs> um, we're going to do our April wrap-ups. Okay, so Hallie has two total things to talk about. She read six books, but five of them were manga, so she's going to talk about them all at once. I have five books, so we're going to do this a little differently. I'm going to talk about the first two I read, then she's going to do her two, and then I'm going to talk about the last three. Yep. So a little different than normal. Um. Okay. The first book I read this month was The Cruel Prince by Holly Black, um, and I do have a synopsis. Of course I want to be like them. They're beautiful as blades forged in some divine fire. They will live forever. And Cardan is even more beautiful than the rest. I hate him more than all the others. I hate him so much that sometimes when I look at him, I can hardly breathe. Jude was seven years old when her parents were murdered and she and her two sisters were stolen away to live in the treacherous high court of fairy. Ten years later, Jude wants nothing more than to belong there, despite her mortality. But many of the fae despise humans, 
especially Prince Cardan, the youngest and wickedest son of the High King. To win a place at the court, she must defy him and face the consequences. In doing so, she becomes embroiled in palace intrigues and deceptions, discovering her own capacity for bloodshed. But as civil war threatens to drown the courts of fairy in violence, Jude will need to risk her life in a dangerous alliance to save her sisters and fairy itself. Um, trigger warnings for abuse, suicide, bullying, murder, alcoholism, manipulation, and mind control. Um, I gave the book a 5 out of 5. Characters a 5 out of 5. Plot a 5 out of 5. Writing a 5 out of 5. And Spice a 2 out of 5. Um, but my overall thoughts, I definitely pictured Cardan as Timothy Chalamet. Yes. Timothy. <laughs> Whatever you want to say it. I 100% pictured him as Timothy Chalamet. And if they make a movie, he's going to need to play Cardam. Um, I could not picture him. Um, and also, I would like to tell a little tiny bit of story about having this book. So, I used to have this book on my shelf. I had it on my shelf for about a year. Never read it. Read some bad reviews about it. And got rid of it. Recently, Hallie and I both bought it at Barnes and Noble and I read it and I freaking loved it. So this was on my shelf for way too long to get rid of it and then to repurchase it and find out that it's amazing. So I will say that. Um, Oops. Also, I was very hooked from the beginning. It was wild. The first chapter was crazy. Um, And I do think it was definitely a fresh take on the Fae because so many books are about the Fae nowadays. Every book I read has a Fae in it. And I love seeing the different ways that people do it, but they're all a little bit the same. This was very different from what I normally have read, mostly because it takes place, like, there's the world of the Fae, and you can cross the realm to get to the modern world, and it's, like, 2023. Like, it's modern, Whereas stories like A Court of Thorns and Roses, yes, there was a human world, but it's not modern, mm-hmm. you know? So I liked that it kind of mixed in with the modern world. Like, in the first chapter, she's sitting on the living room floor watching TV and eating fish sticks. It doesn't get more modern than that. Um, and also, at one point, they go to the mall. Like, it's very cool. Um, and I just feel like you don't see that a lot. And it's done in a way that doesn't feel like a Wattpad story. If that makes sense. It doesn't feel like a fan fiction. Um, and then, so I have all my notes. Must get the second one. Well, I got it today. So I'm very excited to read it. I oh, I literally cannot wait. The way it ended was so crazy. I'm just, I'm so hooked. I'm so invested. It truly is like, I can see where it's gonna be enemies to lovers. It's wild. Like, they really, truly just hate each other, and it's amazing. <laughs> Don't you just, You know you're broken inside when you're like, these two characters hate each other, and they, like, literally are the worst to each other. But I want them to make out. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, it was very good. Um, spice was a 2 out of 5. It didn't have a lot of spice. I can see where it's probably going to get a little crazier. Um, but, yeah, it was just... Five out of five all the way around, except for, you know, obviously Spice. But um, the Spice, I just gave it a two out of five because it didn't have a lot. So the Spice rating that I give on these is really going to be, like, how much Spice there was out of five. So there wasn't a lot of Spice. There was a little bit, but not much. Um, 
but yeah, definitely trigger warnings on the stuff I mentioned earlier. Like there was, it was kind of a heavy book. I will agree. Um, the second book I read this month was Chain of Iron by Cassandra Clare. Um, this is the second book in the in the Last Hours trilogy. Um, Cordelia, whoa, Cordelia Carstairs seems to have everything she ever wanted. She's engaged to marry J James Herondale, the boy she has always loved. She has a new life in London with her best friend Lucy, and she bears the sword Cortana, a legendary hero's blade. But the truth is far grimmer. For a second, I thought I read that wrong. Cordelia's marriage is a lie arranged to save her reputation while James remains in love with the Grace Blackthorn. Cortana burns her when she touches it, and a serial murderer is targeting the Shadowhunters of London, killing under cover of darkness, then vanishing without a trace. Now, Cordelia, James, and Lucy must follow the trail of the killer through the city's most dangerous streets. All the while, each is keeping a shocking secret. Lucy, that she is attempting to raise the dead. Cordelia, that she has sworn a dangerous oath of loyalty to a mysterious power. And James, that he himself may be the killer they seek. It was very good. Um, I did give it a four out of five. Um, but trigger warnings for alcoholism, blood, death, manipulation, mind control, miscarriage, murder, and violence. Um, like I said, I gave it a four out of five. Characters a four. Plot a four. Writing a five out of five. And Spice, a 2.5 out of 5, which actually, now that I'm thinking about it, might get upgraded to a 3 out of 5. Um, I didn't like it as much as Chain of Gold. Um, I did think that it was very entertaining overall, but it didn't really hold my attention like Chain of Gold did. Um, like I like with Chain of Gold, I listened to this one. This one was an audiobook that I listened to this month. Um... James and Cordelia and then Lucy and Jesse are giving me an aneurysm. If they don't freaking end up together, I'm going to be upset. Like, we're playing with my emotions at this point. Um, I did think it drug out a bit where the first one was very action-packed. This one didn't have as much action in it. Um, very story-building. Um, and also, I think that the plot twists were given away too soon. Like, uh, for example, we learn who the killer is. At like 75% of the book. And I was just kind of like. Oh. There's still quite a bit left in this book. Why are we learning this now? So I feel like they could have saved that for the end. I under, I can see why they didn't. But I also feel like they could have saved it for the end. And some of the stuff that happened at the end. Could have been put into the next book. Didn't really require that we save it. That we put it so early in the book. So that was my only complaint about it. Um, but yeah, overall a four out of five. I think it was good. Not my favorite of the trilogy so far, but I'm still pretty hooked. Um, and Chain of Thorns has finally become available on my Libby. So I'll be listening to that this week. So yeah, Hallie, time for yours. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to talk about, I'm going to go ahead and get my manga volumes out of the way. I read Snow White with the Red Hair volumes 16 through 20. And I'll just give you the short summary. Um... It's by Sorata Akiduki. I hope I said that right. Um, anyways, um, Shirayuki is an herbalist famous for her naturally bright red hair, and the Prince of Tanburin wants her all to himself. 
The prince from the neighboring kingdom, Zen, rescues her from her plight and thus begins their love story. Um, I thought 16 through 20 were really good. Um, there's, like, a whole plot line that goes on where somebody is killing Kiki's suitors and Mitsuhita gets framed for it and it was crazy. So crazy. I like that whole plot line. And there was stuff going on in Lilius with Shiryuki in terms of making something. I don't quite remember what it was. Um, but yeah, overall, I just, so far, my score still stands at the story being, I think I gave it a 5 out of 5. It's just so cute. If you're getting into manga and you want something good that's got fantasy and some romance, read this. Of course, I'll probably talk about this in my manga episode, so... Stay tuned for that. Um, the next thing that I read is a big one. I read The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. Um, let's give the summary. So, for the record, before I start, if I pronounce any of these names wrong, I'm sorry in advance. But, um... The house of Berethnet has ruled Innis for a thousand years. Still unwed, Queen Sabron the Ninth must conceive a daughter to protect her realm from destruction, but assassins are getting closer to her door. Eid Durian is an outsider at court. Though she has risen to the position of lady-in-waiting, she is loyal to a hidden society of mages. Eid keeps a watchful eye on Sabron, secretly protecting her with forbidden magic. Across the Dark Sea... Tanya has trained to be a dragon rider since she was a child, but is forced to make a choice that could see her life unravel. Meanwhile, the divided east and west refuse to parlay, and forces of chaos are rising from their sleep. So good. That sounds crazy. It, it is crazy. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give some trigger warnings, and there are a lot, <laughs> considering this book takes place in, like, I would say medieval fantasy kind of Game of Thrones. Yeah, so there is alcoholism, blood, mention of cheating, dead bodies, death, including parental and loved ones, depression, grief, infertility, miscarriage, murder, plague, suicide mentioned, suicide ideation, torture, violence, and war that is based on religion. So oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, welcome Literally to this. sounds like Game of Thrones. It, it, it gave me Game of Thrones vibes. Um, yeah, I, this is epic fantasy at its finest. So it's like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. Um, I just want to pat myself on the back. For finishing it? For finishing it. I was very close. I had like, y'all can't see me, but I had like this much left. And I seriously considered putting it away because I was so sick and tired well, of reading it. And if it tells you anything, my cousin got it. Last year, this time last year, and started reading it. He's only halfway through it. He also doesn't read, so. Yeah. I, this is the reason why there's not much for April wrap-up. Because this book literally took me a month to read. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will say, though, um, there's lots of things going on in this book. There's, like, multiple points of view. There's, like, four different points of view. You have... Eid's point of view, Loth's point of view, Tanya's point of view, and Niklas's point of view all going on, which means there's multiple things going on at the same time. And it's a very intricate plot, so if you don't like that, 
don't read this book. Because there were a lot of times where I was so confused with what was happening. And another thing I like, sometimes I like multiple points of view because it allows me to get to know the characters a little bit better and see how they like, what their thought process is and all that stuff. But that can also lead to some points of view being more interesting oh, yeah. than others. Like, I think out of the four points of view that I had, I really liked Eid's point of view and Loth's point of view the most. Loth's didn't really have a lot going on, but I liked his. I don't know why. Um, I guess because his was more, like, political in some way. A lot of political stuff going on. But yeah, there is lots of things going on. And that also ties into the fact that the world building in this is, it's like Game of Thrones. It is so intricate. Like, everything has a name. There's all, there's all sorts of different religions going on. And I'm using my hands to try to explain this. But um, sometimes I like when a world built world is an intricate because it allows me to feel like I'm a part of the world. But it can also lead the reader to being overwhelmed. Like I know a lot of people who are overwhelmed by Game of Thrones because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on in there. But, I w but the book wasn't bad by any means. It was actually pretty good. Um, I gave it like... I got real specific. I gave it a 4.2 out of 5. I didn't want to bump it all the way to a 5 because the pacing was very slow in some parts. Like, it'd pick up and then it'd slow down. Pick up and slow down. I will, but the one thing that this book got right in some ways was the love story. Because there's two main characters somewhat that have a love story. And it works so well because it's built up. It's very much a slow burn, but it was done. So I hate when people rush into relationships because it doesn't feel <laughs> literally my next book I'm gonna review. <laughs> because it doesn't feel genuine, but with this one, I really was rooting for the characters to get together. But yeah, I would say this book is good. If you like epic fantasy, pick up this book. Now there is a prequel to this. It's a day of fallen night. Am I gonna pick it up? Probably, but it won't be for a long, long time because I don't know if I can read another big book right now. <laughs> this was an accomplishment. How many pages was it? Um, it's, uh, here, I'll tell you how bad this book was in terms of, like, being confusing. There is a whole glossary in this book. Like, let me find it. Um, there are, there's 76 chapters. It's 804 pages. And then, then there's, like... That's about the size of a Game of Thrones book. Then you have the glossary, which tells you, like, people's names and who they are. Um, Good lord. Mythical peop mythical stuff, like... I want to know who's reading that glossary. Not me. Because it's not me. Not me. I just stayed confused. I never read glossaries. Game of Thrones has a one, too. And then here's a whole glossary of, like, terms. Game of Thrones has, like, a... That can family tree glossary, yes. and I've never once read it. That can help you if you're confused, but who's reading it? Okay. Also, another thing I want to point out that I liked about this book is the lore behind the dragons. Because there's, like, you have regular dragons. What was cool about these is that the actual dragons, they didn't have wings. They had, like, something on their heads <gasps> that... Was it, like, the Spirited Away dragon? Yes. <gasps> 
Oh, I'm so excited to read it. Oh my gosh, let me find it. Um, oh shoot. Oh no, it's up here. (laughs) Like, she takes inspiration from, like, different cultures. Like, I can guarantee you that, like, where Tanya was from or something like that was very much, like, I feel like it was more, like, Japanese, Chinese mythology in terms of different things. But the dragons, they have, like, something on their heads, like, almost like a crown of some sorts that helps them fly. And they're not really associated with fire. They're associated with, like, water or air. Literally spirited away. And then Literally you have, Haku. And then you have these other creatures. They're kind of like dragons. They're, they're wyverns and worms. Wyverns? Yes. And they have, like... They have wings, but they don't have, like, wings in, like, four feet. They have, like, wings in, like, two feet. And they have, like, little claw things on their wings that they can crawl Was on. Was Manon and the Thirteen riding across on them? No. Because that's what they did. They, you know what they kind of reminded was me of? Was one of them the name Abraxas? No. No. But what was really cool about the... The wyverns, they really reminded me of the dragons from Game of Thrones, like Drogon. That's what it... That's what they reminded me of. But yeah, the whole thing, concept with the dragons was so cool. And it was different. Because sometimes when you hear of dragons, you're like, oh, wings and breathing fire. No. Now, the wyverns were associated with fire. But I think they did, like, some of them did, I think some of them did orange fire. And then I think there was one that had, like, blue fire. (laughs) It was really cool. Nifty. Yeah, I mean, like, look at that. That's, ah, just... It was good. It was really good. Um, would I read this again? No. Also, I just want to know, who the heck was reading... If you see the size of this book, which you probably have, who's reading this in 24 hours? Oh, no, not me! A lot of people doing that challenge. No. Not me. The chapters were like... Some of the chapters were like either like one page or they were like really thick. And it's the same amount of pages as Kingdom of Ash. Yeah, but... And any Game of Thrones novel. Yeah, but it's just... Yeah, it was just really good. Um, What's really sad, though, is that I accidentally broke the spine while reading this because the book is so freaking heavy. So I'm probably going to order the hardback on Amazon <laughs> so I can just have it. But yeah. um, Read this. It's good. <laughs> Moving on. Alright. My next review for the month was Beautiful Disaster by Jamie McGuire. Uh, the synopsis for this one, um, the new Abby Abernathy is a good girl. I hate that sentence so much. Um, she doesn't drink or swear and has the appropriate number of cardigans in her wardrobe. With the darkness of her past behind her, she believes her freshman year at college is the start of a new beginning, but then she meets Travis Maddox. Lean, cut, and covered in tattoos, Eastern University's walking one-night stand is exactly what Abby needs to avoid. Intrigued by her resistance to his appeal, Travis tricks her with a simple bet. If he loses, he must remain abstinent for a month. If Abby loses, she must live in his apartment for the same amount of time. Either way, Travis has no idea that he has met his match in this beautifully sexy, beautifully intense, and beautifully perfect. That didn't make any sense, but okay. Um, <clears throat> trigger warnings for alcoholism, drug abuse, violence, blood, attempted sexual assault. 
This <laughs> book. Um, overall, I gave it a three out of five. Characters are a three. Plot a three point five. Writing a three point five, and spice a three point five. Um, it was very dialogue heavy. Not a lot of context behind things. Um, as far as like, they'd be across the room from each other talking, and then all of a sudden he's putting his hand on her cheek, and I'm like. How did you get over there? Did you teleport? So it's just like, and Liz kind of talked about it too. There was a lot of moments of like, where are they? Because there's just no context. Very dialogue heavy. Um, I would strongly compare it to After by Anna Todd. As far as if you liked the After books, I think it's worth reading. Um, It's not as good as After. I flippin' loved After. Um... But it does have very strong after vibes as far as, like, Abby and Tessa were a lot alike in personality. Um, and, you know, Travis is that bad boy energy like Harden was. But not as toxic as Harden. Harden was very toxic. Um, this relationship was more toxic in codependency. Oh, we're very strongly codependent on each other. And it's not healthy. No. It's so not healthy. And honestly, I was so hooked into the last two chapters. The last chapter and the epilogue ruined it for me. Ruined it. Um, also, I did misspeak when I said I think there was like three or four more books. There's two more books. It is a trilogy. Um, I still might read the others just because like it's kind of like a car crash. Like you can't, yeah. you can't look away, but you really don't want to look like... It is. And, like, now that I've read the first one, I have to finish the trilogy. I did tell Emily, don't read it. It's not worth it. But now that I've, like, read it, I need to read the rest of them. Just because I'm interested, like, the way that it ended. I'm really interested to see how is there two more books. Like. It's kind of like. How? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Dragging it out. But, um, yeah. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I did hear that the movie was a lot better. They changed some things. Sadly, they didn't change the ending. But the movie does have Dylan Sprouse in it, so I feel like that makes it a little bit better. Also, it has Topper in it from Outer Banks. Oh, my gosh. I love him. Ah. I was watching the trailer and I went, Topper! Oh, my gosh. Um, I do think this book did better in, like, if we're comparing it to After... I think it did better as far as, like, Abby had a... Your stomach did that? I don't know. That was weird. Um, <laughs> it did have a difference as far as, like, I feel like Abby had somebody to turn to in America, which was her best friend, that she was always there. I mean, Tessa had Landon, but I, a lot of times I don't think Tessa turned to Landon because she was afraid Landon was going to give her the I told you so a lot, which he never would have, but she was always a little bit, like, um, insecure about that, whereas Abby didn't have to worry about that with America, so she tended to, like, go to America more. So I thought that was kind of fresh and unique, but I, I don't know. The way that it ended was just not it, guys. It was not it. If you read it, then you know what I'm talking about. Like, I did not like that. Have you I told literally... me about the ending? I don't think so. I did. 
Okay, you may have to remind me after this is done. Okay, off podcast. Um, but I will be watching the movie whenever it hits whatever streaming service it's gonna hit. All the afters are on Netflix, so I'm assuming Beautiful Disaster will go there too, because it's the same producers. Um, but apparently at the end of the credits, they show like a sneak peek from the last after movie. I'm so excited. I watched it on TikTok and I cried because I, Harden and Tessa are like, they're my little children. Like they're my little babies and I just want them to be together forever. But they ended that season, that series got ended properly because they had space. They were very unhealthy together. They had space. They grew as individuals, and they came back together. No more toxicity. We love to see it. Um, Improvement! But, look at the growth. <laughs> Literally like John B. in season three of Outer Ranks. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'll be reading the rest of them. I'm intrigued to see where it goes, but like, what else can we do here, folks? <sighs> Uh, the next book I read was The Office BFFs by Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey. Um, so in this book, uh, receptionist Pam Beasley and accountant Angela Martin had very little in common when they toiled together at Scranton's Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. But in reality, the two bonded in their very first days on set and over the nine seasons of the series run, built a friendship that transcended the show and continues to this day. Sharing everything from what it was like in the early days as the show struggled to gain traction to walking their first red carpet, plus exclusive stories on the making of milestone episodes and how their lives changed when they became moms. The Office BFFs is full of the same warm and friendly tone Jenna and Angela have brought to their Office Ladies podcast. Um... I don't really have trigger warnings for this because it's a nonfiction book. Um, I gave it a four out of five. Uh, I gave the plot a five and the writing a five. Um, this book was so good. If you're fans of The Office, you have to read it, um, especially if you haven't listened to their Office Ladies podcast. I will say the reason I gave it a four out of five is because I've listened to the podcast and then read this book. And I think it was really kind of meant to be read before you listen to the podcast because a lot of what was in the book, like literally 90% of what was in the book, I've already heard on their podcast. So, um, but if you haven't listened to Office Ladies podcast, go do so. They have been discussing behind the scenes stuff and they've had different cast members on to discuss certain episodes. They're going episode by episode. There's a lot of fun facts I've learned on behind the scenes stuff and like certain shots that ended up in the episodes, like the scene where Jim, where Dwight is sitting on an exercise ball and Jim goes over and pops it. Apparently they had done that take several times, I can't remember how many times, um, and popped several different exercise balls and every single time the scene was meant for it to like slowly lose air and Dwight eventually to fall in the floor. Well, they did it every time, and they got it right, and they were about to wrap, and then they decided, hey, we've got one more exercise ball, let's do another one. <coughs> so they did one more, and in order to pop an exercise ball, you have to hit it right on the seam. And the last time they did it, um, 
John Krasinski, who played Jim, he hit the seam, and that's why Dwight, like, it pops, and Dwight just falls on the floor, and that's why you can see John, like, cover his mouth and exit the camera, like, you could, he exits the shot, you see uh, Phyllis turn around and laugh at him, and you can see in the corner, you see Jenna, like, grab, like, put her hand over her mouth in the back corner, and it's because that's all their genuine reactions, because all the times they had filmed it, it, like, slowly lost air, and the last time they filmed it, it popped, and so none of them were expecting it, so stuff like that is really cool to learn. Um, so lots of behind the scenes. I do recommend listening to the audiobook because they do have several snippets from Oscar and, uh, Rain Wilson and John Krasinski and just uh, some of the other actors from the show. And when those snippets are in the book, in the audiobook version, they are actually speaking those snippets. So Rain Wilson is actually speaking the parts that he is in the book. So that was really cool. I do recommend listening to the audiobook because of that. Um, so yeah, that was that one. The last book on my April wrap-up is Blood Red Road by Moira Young. This is part of the Dustlands Trilogy. Um, if you have not read the Dustlands Trilogy, please go do so. This was my third time rereading them, maybe fourth. I love this series. Um, but to give the synopsis, Saba has spent her whole life in Silver Lake a dried-up wasteland ravaged by constant sandstorms. The Wrecker civilization has long been destroyed, leaving only landfills for Saba and her family to scavenge from. That's fine by her, as long as her beloved twin brother, Lou, is around. But when four cloaked horsemen capture Lou, Saba's world is shattered, and she embarks on a quest to get him back. Suddenly thrown into the lawless, ugly reality of the outside world, Saba discovers she is a fierce fighter, an unbeatable survivor, and a cunning opponent. Teamed up with a handsome daredevil named Jack and a gang of girl revolutionaries called the Freehawks, Saba's unrelenting search for Lou stages a showdown that would change the course of her own civilization. Um, so trigger warnings for drug abuse, violence, death, murder, and kidnapping. Um, gave the book a five out of five. Freaking love this trilogy. Um, characters a five, plot a five, writing a four. I'll explain that in a minute. And spice a one. Not a lot of spice. Um, if you are fans of the Hunger Games, go read this trilogy because it literally says that on the cover. It says that several times on the back, little snippets from other people. And I wholeheartedly agree. This series came out around the time that The Hunger Games came out, and I actually discovered this series through the book fair and read this book right after reading the first Hunger Games book. Um, this was obviously a reread for me, like I said. This is my third or fourth time reading it. Um, I gave it the writing a four out of five because it is a little difficult to get into reading it the first time. It's written very backwards... Like, backwoods slang. If you're from boonies. Tennessee... Yes. Very boonies, very redneck. If you're from Tennessee or anywhere south, it won't be as big of a deal as someone who is from a northern part of the world. Um, if you have a southern accent, it's probably words you're framing that way anyways. Like, ain't. Ain't um, no way. So, <laughs> it's... 
I love it. Like, I literally love it. So, but it did take me, when I first read it, it took me a few chapters to get used to it. If you've read Harry Potter, the way the dialogue is written in this is very much the way that Hagrid's dialogue is written. That makes sense. So, if you can read Hagrid's dialogue with no problem, you can read this no problem. So, it is an adjustment, but I just recommend pushing through and just, you know, you'll find your own pace. Um, also... Dialogue is different. They, there is no quotation marks around dialogue, but it's obvious, like, that somebody's speaking. Like, it'll say, he says, and then the the dialogue. Um, so you get used to it. it. It takes a little getting used to, but I highly recommend pushing through. Um, it does have short chapters. I will say that. Um, the chapters themselves aren't as short as, like, what you would consider a short chapter, I guess. More so, it has a lot of, like, you know, in chapters when they'll have, like, a little break. Yeah. Where it's doing, like, a little mini time jump. It has a lot of those throughout the chapters. So, plenty of places to stop. But the chapters aren't as long as some chapters are. Like, they're, they're pretty short. They're decently short. Um, very action-packed. Incredibly action-packed. Like, from start to finish. Lou gets taken in the first chapter, and from that point on, she goes looking for him. She gets kidnapped from, like, two ch- two chapters over, she gets kidnapped. She gets thrown into this fighting ring where she has a fight. They There's literally a line, they call me the angel, of de- the angel of death. That's because I ain't never lost a fight. Like, literally, oh, it's so good. So she gets put into this, like, arena of sorts and has to fight. Um... So, it's incredibly dystopian. (laughs) She happens upon a wrecker civilization and finds an old, like, um, helicopter that's... It's it's almost like, um, if you've read or watched The Scorched Trials, picture that. Literally picture The Scorched Trials. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Everything's like desert and wasteland and um, old civilization. It's very dystopian. Um, And it does have enemies to lovers. I'm just saying... So, you know, I actually gave a book report on this in high school because I loved this trilogy so much. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth a read. It might take you a minute to get used to the way it's written, but I recommend pushing through because it's such a good trilogy and I'm so excited to be rereading, whoa, to be rereading it that, like I said, this is my third or fourth time. And it never gets old. And this time I'm listening to it. I've never listened to the audiobook before. And if I was rating the audiobook narrator, I would give her a 3 out of 5. Overall, she does a great job. The only thing I don't like is when a character is yelling. I don't know why she does it the way she does. But she like whisper yells. So if they're yelling... Jack across the room she goes Jack Jack exactly like that like a little whine Jack and I hate it oh I hate it and then like if they're like getting a horse to go instead of just going yeah like a normal person would she goes yeah yeah I'm like nobody is yelling like that no it's incredibly annoying I hate the way she does like the yelling and the hiyahs of the horse I I hate it so much. So, if you're reading it for the first time, read the physical book. Because the audiobook, I think, is going to give it a bad rep. But, 
that is all the books that I read this month. I did read another book, but it was a beta read, so I can't really talk about it. But, so yeah, seven books this month. That's not too shabby. Only two of them were audiobooks. Nope. One, two, three. Three books were audiobooks. So, um, and I am, oh, we didn't do our currently reading. Oh, shoot. <laughs> um, I'm currently reading, what is it? I can't, The Serpent of Something. The Serpent and the Wings of Night, yes, I believe. Yes, that by, I'm no good at this. Do your currently reading, Hallie. So, um, my currently reading, I'm not currently started it yet, but it will be my currently reading to, when I start it tonight. I'm currently reading The Six Olympians by Maria Alarcon, I believe. Um, hold on. Yes, Alarcon, so. Okay, I am currently reading The Serpent and the Wings of Night by Carissa Broadbent. I haven't started it, but I am going to be starting it very, very soon. Um, I've heard great things about it, so I'm excited. The cover without so I have it in hardback without the hardcover like the slipcase on it is beautiful it's that like where it's like smooth and it's almost like a leather like a pleather feeling like my from blood and ash like yes it has that feeling and it's got like a beautiful like navy design oh it's so pretty um so I'm excited about that yeah I'll probably start it tonight yeah. Um, I also am currently listening to Chain of Thorns by Cassandra Clare. So I'm wrapping up the Last Hours trilogy. I'm excited to see how it ends. I have no idea how it ends. I've stayed clear away from spoilers. It just recently came out, like... Came out in, like, March? Like, yeah, about, like, a month or two ago, just recently. Um, but I've not seen any spoilers, so I'm excited to see how it ends. Um, and then I do plan to reread The Mortal Instruments and The Dark Artifices this year as well. So I'm excited to get to those. Um, the Dark Artifices is my favorite. I freaking loved Emma and Julian. Ugh. But also Clary and Jace hold a special place in my heart. Oh, they were my favorite. And Magnus and Alec. And Simon and Izzy. And everybody else. I... It was a time. Um, but yeah, guys. That is our April wrap-up. So we appreciate you sticking around through all of our book reviews, including our Harry Potter tangent. And... Other tangents. My Hunger Games tangent and every other tangent we've had. Um, Even when we do have an outline. Do yeah. we stick to it? Nope. <laughs> it's a problem. But it's fine. Um, so, like I said, next week I will be going to Nashville all weekend at the Taylor Swift concert. So and jealous. So, um, Hallie is going to do a solo episode next week and she's going to be talking about manga. Um, because I have nothing to contribute to that anyways. <laughs> So we've been saving it for a time when she needs to do a solo episode. So that'll be next week. So, um, yeah. Come back next week to listen to Hallie's discussion of anime and manga. And I don't know what else you're going to do. Manga regs and just... Basically what I'll probably do is just talk about um, all the different types of manga um, and give you some of my own personal manga recommendations. So it'll be an episode for beginners and experienced manga readers. Yes. So if you're interested in manga. Even though I am not an expert. If you're interested in getting into manga or if you read manga, definitely tune back in next week to listen to Hallie. Um, and if not, you know, just play Taylor Swift in your car and pretend like you're with me. So it's fine. Yep. 
Um, I'm incredibly excited. I literally can't wait. Um, Hallie's friend painted my shoes to look like the Lover album cover that like uh, clouds with the pink and the blue. And I got those last night. So my outfit is officially one. I am officially got it all together. Um, that was not a grammatically correct sentence, but that's fine. Um, we went to Ulta today and I got the last of like what I needed for like makeup. So I'm officially like ready. I'm, I've got everything I'm packing today. Um, both of my friends that I'm going with literally know me so well. I got a text message today that said, all right, Carmen, where's the schedule? Cause we know you've made one. What, what's the plan? Because I am the planner friend of the group, of any group. I like to plan everything. So they just, they already knew. And I sent them my plan. I had a plan. Um, so yeah, tune back in next week to listen to some manga. And thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you're here right now, that means you listened to all of it. And we really appreciate that. Um, let us know below what you read in April. If you have any thoughts to add to the books that we reviewed. Um, if you have any thoughts that you would like to share with us about the books that we picked up today. Um, and also let me know, let me know your thoughts on the new Hunger Games prequel and also your thoughts on the Harry Potter TV show. I would be very interested to see what everyone has to say. Um, but yeah, we're going to have our socials linked below like always. You can also leave your comments and questions down below. I know Spotify does it. I don't know if any other platforms do it. Um, but there is a Q&A section if you kind of scroll up or scroll down, I guess. Um, where you would normally look at the lyrics to songs on Spotify, there is a Q&A section down there. So let us know if you guys have any questions or if you'd just like to comment on what I mentioned. Um, but yeah, pod our uh, socials will be linked below, including our podcast socials as well as our personal socials. Um, Hallie has a book talk. I have a bookstagram and book talk. And then we do have a podcast, Instagram, and TikTok. So give us a follow on all those. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Give us five stars if you haven't already. So it can help us, you know, find new people to listen to the podcast. Um, I think that's about it. Yep. That's all I got. Um, so tune back in next week. And thank you guys so much for listening. And yeah. Bye. Bye.